Sky Desert Word Center. How is everybody on a beautiful, blessed Sunday morning? Praise God. We are going to have an excellent time together in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Who's excited for the Word of God? Yeah? Come on, yeah. Who's excited to worship the Lord together today? Amen. Well, you are in the right place at the right time. Let's go ahead and stand up together. We are going to open up this morning by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. And we're going to keep believing and declaring that this nation is coming to Jesus. And we're going to walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. So let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise today. All right, well, we're going to take a few minutes here to go do a little meet and greet time. So go find somebody, give them a high five, a fist bump, a handshake. Everybody loves hugs. Most people do. Anyway, let's go spread the love. Let's go. up from the ashes no longer bound by chains you gave your life for freedom we're coming out of the shadows your glory tore through the veil And now your light shines upon us Cause we are free, we are yours To God be the glory now and forever Sings my soul To God be the glory now and forever Sings my soul in the river You turn our sorrow to joy And now we're singing your praises Cause we are free, we are yours To God be the glory now and forever Sing my soul To God be the glory Glory now and forever sing. 
the river You turn our sorrow to joy And now we're singing your praises Cause we are free, we are yours To God be the glory now and forever Sing my soul To God be the glory now and forever Sing my soul I'm sorry, media people, that I ruin the order all the time. So I looked at this when I walked up here, and I was like, oh, there's four people. Yay. But I was a little sad, because usually there's more than four people. And then, hold on. And then I looked at that. Can you see that? There's like 19, 20 people. Yeah, 19 people. Anyway... That's awesome. We're going to party with the angels next week when, you know, we all stand for Jesus. It'll be really fun. I love baptisms. So baptisms are next Sunday. If you are interested in being baptized, the clipboard will make it around. Um, and it seems like all of you have already signed up for the most part. So uh, anyway, also after service today, they are doing a fundraiser for Harvest Fest. So Harvest Fest is coming. Yeah. 
Okay. If you haven't been to Harvest Fest or don't know what that is yet, it's a big community outreach that we do here on the property. And we just bring all of Barstow together to celebrate what God has done. At the end of October, we serve about three to 5,000 people, bounce houses, games, whole nine. So it takes some funds to do that. And because of that, we partner with a lot of businesses within the community, uh, a lot of other organizations as well, who all are standing for the Lord Jesus together and to celebrate what God has done this year uh, before all of the rest of the world tries to celebrate Halloween. So we'll put God first and we'll thank God for what he's given us. Uh, and we give out the best candy and the most candy. And so they don't have to go anywhere else. Anyway, that being said, um, our normal budget for several years was somewhere around $4,000-ish. Um, and that's not just money that the church puts in or us as a church family puts in, but also through businesses and organizations that we reach that goal. So uh, this morning when they handed me this little note that they were doing nachos, I said, well, hey, what's the budget? And they said, it's six. And I went, oh, it's going to be a good one. So anyway, when they get to that budget, what that means is we may have things like a Velcro wall. I don't know. We may have a bull ride this year. I don't know. Anyway, it'll be super fun, cool things. Um, but after service today, there are nachos available on the patio uh, with jalapeno. I also asked that question with jalapeno. Okay, so there's that after service. And then uh, Saturday... Uh, Mr. Alex Church here, whose hair is down today, lovely locks, sir. Um, no man bun for today, huh? I thought that was Fabio. I know. Oh, it was okay. Fabio. Oh, gracious. Anyway, so Alex Church and uh, Daisy will be playing at a Christian music festival at Adelanto Stadium on Saturday, the 29th. They'll be playing at 5 p.m., but the gates open at 10. So you can go spend the whole day there. It'll be a great time. Um, also, there is no men's meeting the following week. I'm sorry, gentlemen. But we'll have the pool party the night before. So we'll do a pool party on the 4th. You can come to that. It'll be fun. I hear a bunch of ladies squealing and no men grunting. I'm so sorry, men. Um, but all the buildings are being used that day. And so if you all want to go to breakfast or something, you all can do that. But you just can't be here unless you're serving at a memorial or a baby shower. Anyway, uh, that being said, the pool party is August 4th. Um, from 6 to 8 p.m. They still have 9. Listen, at 9, I'm kicking you out. We're going to get in trouble. Anyway, we... Yeah, they did say late last time. It kind of helps that we know a lot of the lifeguards. Anyway, that kind of helps. And this time... Uh, well, last time, we, we had to pre-register because we only had so many spots available. This time, we went in and said, Hey, there's just going to be a lot of people there. What do we need to do? And they said, sign here, it'll be fine. So you can just come. You'll have to sign a waiver, you know, so because it's at the city. So you'll have to sign a waiver for your family and any minors have to be accompanied by an adult. So teenagers, dear friends, find an adult. Don't show up without one because I'm not going to be your adult. Okay? Nod at me. Okay, so make sure that you accompany your children. There's no cost to the event, um, and I believe there's going to be ice cream or popsicles, and we'll just have a really, really good time. 
Also, if you're with, 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 if you're with us, if you're with us for the first time or the first time in a long time, can you wave at me? Hi friends. I'm so glad you're with us today. Miss Heather here has some information about the church. And if you would fill out your information and drop it at the information booth, it's a lot of information, but anyway, the booth in the middle, if you would stop there on your way out, we have a gift for you that also includes coffee iced coffee, whatever kind of coffee you and Dutch brothers would like to have. We are so glad to have you today. Mr. Cletus Brown, sir, he's looking at me funny. The man himself. Come hither, (laughs) sir. Um, Cletus Brown is the Dean of SMTI, Supernatural Ministry Training Institute, our Bible college here, our three-year program. And uh, you have information this morning. True or false? <laughs> he, oh, look at that. Don't be in a hurry. I don't think you knew you had information this morning. <laughs> oh, now you do. He also told me what the Harvest Fest budget was, so he's quite smart. I'm just making it <laughs> awkward for you to stand here a long time. <laughs> okay, good morning, everyone. <clears throat> SMTI is an online Bible college that we do every Monday night it has three years first, second, and third year when you go to the school you learn a lot you grow, you grow spiritually how to, support your, I mean, how to support your family spiritually how you study the Bible go through the Bible and learn so it's a good class but what you put into it is what you get out of it um, if you want to any information where you sign up it's online so see me after the service and I'll show you where to go and how to do it thank you alright if, if you have been through first, second, or third year SMTI, can you stick your stick your hand up? Oh, okay, right. yeah. so cool. It's good. So if you are hungry for more of the Bible and just learning more, and hungry for serving God, this is something you should definitely check out. So make sure to see Cletus. Also, Miss P can answer questions, and also Cletus can as well. And anybody who raised their hand, for that matter. Amen. Praise God. Yeah. All right. So Mrs. Pastor is going to come on up now for our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. And it looks like she baked some fresh bread or something. So I don't know what this is all about. All right. <laughs> all right. Praise the Lord. Good morning, everybody. Are we blessed? Are you happy? Do you know it? Say amen. Amen. All right. Good job. You are awake. Praise the Lord. Well, we're we're going to do happy time here. We're doing three things at once. So you ready for this? Regular church tithes and offerings. Last week was Mission Sunday, but with so much going on, we did not take up the missions offering. So it's also missions. Time to get your missions offering in today. And not only that... But we are honoring and taking up a special offering for Pastors Katie and Pastor David for their birthdays. Katie's birthday is July the 21st and Pastor Dave's is uh, July the 24th. And so the scriptures that I'm going to read today uh, pertain to taking care of the pastors and blessing them in the house of God. And if you need an envelope, raise your hand. Up here we have a uh, great box for you to put your birthday cards in or your offerings or a note that you're going to write for them and then they can take that box home with them. Okay, here's some scriptures that you need 
to know. Hebrews 13, 7 and 17. Remember those who have the rule over you. And you know, a lot of times you think about this, you think about, okay, that means the government. Well, if you're a Christian, it means your pastors. Remember, remember them who have the rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as for those who give account. So see, when us pastors stand, go to heaven and stand before uh, you know, the Lord, he's going to say, tell me about, tell me about Trinity. You know, tell me about her. See, we give an account. Tell me about Carl. Tell me about Naomi. And so pastors give an account. Oh, they were, they served you. They loved you, Lord. They were obedient. They didn't never cause a day of trouble, you know, stuff like that. We have to give an account for you. Isn't that interesting? I bet you didn't know that. And it says, let us do that with joy and not with grief. You know, we don't want to get up there before Jesus and say, Lord, they wouldn't do anything. They wouldn't come to church. They got out in the world. We went after them. They wouldn't come back. You know, that's grief. For that would not be profitable for you, it says. And then Jeremiah 3.15 says this. The Lord said, and I will give you shepherds according to my heart, his heart, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. How many of you have grown by leaps and bounds since you've come to High Desert Word Center? Absolutely. The word is taught strong here. And here's another scripture for you. 1 Timothy 5.17 says, Let the elders, in this case it's calling about talking about pastors, who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and in doctrine. Okay? So, I have a little thing for them. Um, usually, on occasions like this, we give, uh, hey, Dave, you want to help me down the stairs? Thank you, dear. Um, usually we give uh, the ladies flowers. That's not happening today because they're, they're fixing to go camping. So this is for pastors Dave and Katie both. So if you want to come up here, this is a, uh, this is a camp thing. You know, God's so good. And I thought, Lord, what am I going to do? You know? So this is a camp thing. Oh, I love it. Yeah, so it has a bug spray and s'more stuff and here well, you wanna, yeah, there you go. Matches for your campfire and a thing to keep the skeeters away and stuff like that. Amen, amen, amen. So why don't we stand up and just give them the honor do them? We're gonna receive all these offerings in a minute minute after we say our financial faith confession. But thank you, Pastors Dave and Katie, for doing an outstanding job in the kingdom of God and the house of God. I love you. I love you too, sonny boy. <laughs> okay, hallelujah. All right, well, let's say our financial faith confession, then you can come on up. And all right, you ready? As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. 
Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously into the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. you up. So 
Worship him on the day. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You call the sun to
We're grateful for that. And we thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. And, and I know that, that you, Paul said in Timothy, Lord, that even if we've been unfaithful, you remain faithful, for you cannot deny who you are. And so, Lord, we know there's probably been times when we haven't been as faithful to you as we should be, but we are so grateful that you forgive us and that you are always faithful to us. We love you and we give you praise. We give you thanks today, Lord. You are so good and your mercy endures forever. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord sure is good to us, isn't he? Amen. Well, hey, hey, uh, the Lord's telling me to do something, and I was going to ignore it, but I can't ignore it. So, hey, God's telling me to lay hands on James Browning real quick. So, James, the Lord's telling me, I don't know why, but can you come up for a minute, my brother? I want to lay hands on you. I, I don't want to ignore that. <laughs> hey, can we stay in an attitude of worship for just a minute today? Amen. Just a minute this morning. I'm just going to lay hands on him because the Holy Spirit's telling me to. I don't even know why, but the Holy Spirit knows more than I do. So can you uh, release your faith with me? And I'm just going to be obedient to the Lord today. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for James, Lord. And what, what a good man of God he is, Lord, that he has a heart that is for you, Lord. And I pray in the name of Jesus that whatever it is that you are imparting to him today, Lord, whatever answers, whatever direction, whatever uh, just encouragement that he needs, Lord, that you are imparting that to him right now as, as he's uh, just worshiping you, Lord, and, and, and opening up his, his heart to you even more and more. I thank you, Jesus, that the best is absolutely yet to come, Lord. There are greater, greater, greater days ahead than anything he's ever experienced, Lord. And so I thank you that, uh, Lord, just like, just like it said in the word, Lord, speak for your servant is listening. And so I thank you that he's listening today as you're speaking to him and we give you thanks for that lord in the name of jesus may this be a day of a hundred percent encouragement and direction in his life in jesus mighty name thank you for that father in jesus name amen hey <laughs> love you my man love you hallelujah well praise god you may be seated this morning you can make your way back to your seats Hey, I learned a long time ago when the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, just shut up and do it. <laughs> Amen. And so that's exactly what we're doing today. And in fact, that's going to be the direction that we're taking with uh, the, the message today. So is anyone excited to hear the word of God today? Yeah. Amen. I'm excited. I love digging into scripture and, and, uh, and then just getting into God's word, uh, with you guys as a family. 
Amen. You know that we're a family church. We're a family around here. And it is so important that the family gets together and studies the word. And that's how I see every Sunday, man. It's just a big family reunion. Everybody loving on each other. And uh, it's the absolute best. Pastor Katie was talking about the pool party. Last year, we did this big pool party. We rented the pool and, and, and all this stuff. It was fun. But I remember, man, at the end, it was time to wind down. We couldn't get y'all out of the pool. It was crazy. <laughs> Everyone was having a blast. And, uh, you know, I just I appreciate stuff like that where, you know, it's good that we want to be around each other, right? It's no fun when the family doesn't want to be together, but we want to be together. So that's a great thing. Amen. Hey, if you need an outline for the message, raise your hand and the ushers will get you one. Praise the Lord to help you follow along a little bit here. Amen. So as we're doing that, um, they mentioned earlier, I forgot to uh, announce this, but uh, Pastor Katie and I and Pastor Josh and Julie are heading out to Sequoia, actually Kings Canyon National Park, after service today. And uh, we do that pretty much every year. And uh, and so I uh, just want to let you know that we will be out of town this week. And I will probably not have a cell phone signal, which is a wonderful gift from God, man. Amen. I love it. I love it. And so if you try to get a hold of us, you probably won't reach us. If you have an absolute emergency, the elders of the church are here. Pastor and Mrs. Pastor are here. You can get a hold of them if you got something really pressing. And every couple days I may wander back into civilization to check some things. But for the most part, you won't be able to reach us. And, uh, and you know, that's all right. Because I, Jesus did really well in his ministry without 5G coverage. They only had 3G back then, I think. And so he somehow, he changed the entire world with it. So I'm taking a step of faith this week and believing that, uh, that it's going to be okay. Amen. So we love you guys so much. Thank you for the, for the birthday gifts and offering. That's super, uh, super kind of you guys. And it is the honor of our lives to be able to pastor this church with all of you amazing, beautiful people. We have, I mean, for us, it's just the best church in the world. We love you guys more than, uh, just any, anything else other than Jesus. Amen. So you guys are awesome. All right. Who knows what we've been talking about on Sunday mornings? Grownups. Yeah. And so believe it or not, I know it's hard to believe we are on part 10, part 10. And then some people are like, man, I feel like it's part 30. Well, no, no, listen, hey, no, it's awesome. We've been talking about what it means to grow up spiritually. And, uh, and the scripture tells us, man, that we are growing from faith to faith and in our spiritual life, in our Christianity, listen, it is so important that we are continually moving forward. Now, none of us are ever going to just reach this level of perfection. We get that, but we should not be where we were five years ago. We should be more advanced and more grown up. We shouldn't even be where we were a year ago right now. We should have grown some and be at an even higher level. And so I don't know about you, but it is my desire and my goal to grow in the Lord and be stronger for him so I can accomplish his calling on my life. Who wants to fulfill God's call on their life? Amen. Who knows that you actually have a call of God on your life? Amen. And some people are like, well, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a missionary. I'm not an evangelist. I don't think I have a call. No, you all have a call. Everybody 
has a call on their life. In fact, in Psalm 139, King David said, every moment of my life was planned out before a single day had passed. God planned every day of your life out how he wanted it to go before you were born. And sometimes we would read that verse and be like, well, then why did bad stuff happen? Listen, hey, God had his plan. And I got to admit on my part, sometimes his plan was right here. And I probably went this way a little bit and maybe got myself into trouble. But that does not mean it was God's plan for me to get myself into trouble. His plan was over here. And I kind of got off the path and, and hurt myself a little bit. But thank God for his love, his forgiveness, his mercies are new every single morning. And we get another chance at life. Isn't that really good news today? Amen. And so as we're talking about grownups, you probably can't see that on the screen too well. The, the, the topic this week is this, is that grownups, spiritual grownups, they know how to hear the voice of God. They know how to hear the voice of God. And you're like, you mean you hear the voice of God? Oh yeah. Every single day. And we're going to talk about this a little bit because don't you think that your loving heavenly father wants to speak into your life? He's not distant. He's not far off. He's not just some, some, you know, negligent father up there. No, he wants to be absolutely involved in your life. He wants you to talk to him and you better know that he wants to talk to you and he does talk to you. It's just sometimes we don't know how to hear his voice or maybe we don't understand that he is speaking to us. And we're going to explain a little bit about that today. And so we're going to go this morning to kick things off to John chapter 10. Let's go. John 10. Who's excited? Amen. John chapter 10. I'm hearing a little whoop, whoop, a little, you know, it's a, it's a little sporadic today. That's all right. Hey, John chapter 10. And, uh, and now in, in the scripture, we are referred to as sheep and the Lord as, is referred to as being our shepherd. We see that all the way from the Old Testament and into the New Testament. And one of the important things that it tells us is that sheep listen to the shepherd, the sheep listen to the shepherd and, and yes, you, you better be able to listen to the shepherd because I know this much. You can't actually see the shepherd with your physical eyes. Anybody notice that yet? Yeah, I guarantee you, you've never seen the face of God almighty. You have it uh, because it even tells us in the book of Exodus that if you saw God's face, it would simply kill you. And, and Moses was like, Lord, let me see your face. I want to see you face to face. And God was like, Mo. Slow down. No, you, no, you don't want to see that. My glory would absolutely obliterate you. It would melt you. And so God worked a deal. He said, listen, I will pass by and you can see me from behind. And so God passes by and Moses just sees God's back. And the glory of God was so strong from behind that Moses lit up like the sun. And he was so bright that for weeks, the people of Israel couldn't look at him. And so Moses had to put a veil over his face so he wouldn't blind people. And so I'm telling you right now, none of us have ever seen God face to face. It would simply kill our human body. And so if I can't see the shepherd, it is really important that I learn how to 
hear the voice of the shepherd. And in fact, I read this article about there was some shepherds in Palestine, uh, you know, a, a long time ago that they, they kind of had this bet going. One guy said, the sheep only follow you because they see what you look like. And, 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 and the shepherds, they name their sheep and, and each sheep knows their name and the shepherd calls them by name, just like John 10 says Jesus does to his sheep. And so somebody was like, listen, they only follow you because they know what you look like. And so they kind of did this little bet and, and they took one guy and they gave the shepherd's clothing to him. And he went out there with his staff and he called the sheep and they didn't come. And he's like, well, that's weird. I'm wearing the exact same clothes that the shepherd usually wears and the sheep wouldn't follow him. And then the real shepherd was disguised in totally different clothes. He went out there off in the distance a little way and started calling his sheep and they all came right to him. Why? Because the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. And as Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. I call them by name and they follow me. And so listen, he knows your name. You're not just some number out of the, you know, a billion. He knows you. He calls you by name. And it is so important that you learn to hear his voice so you can follow his leading and his calling. John chapter 10 and we're going to look here at uh, verses 4 through 5. Great chapter. You should read the whole thing sometime. But we're just going to pick up these couple of, of verses here. And, and this is Jesus talking about being the good shepherd. He says, After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. You've got to know his voice if you're going to properly follow him. Verse 5. They won't follow a stranger. They'll run from him because they don't know his voice. And you better know that in this day and age, in these end times, there's a lot of voices out there. And some of the things they're saying may sound right, but they're not the voice of the good shepherd. And if you don't know how to hear the voice of the good shepherd, you could very easily be led astray and get off the right path for your life. And then you're in danger of predators or whatever else that wants to come in and get rid of the sheep. And so you got to know how to hear his voice. And today, listen, hold on. You're going to be excited. Usually we kind of cover three points. Hold your seats, people. Today it's going to be five. Let's go. Five points. Give somebody a high five right now. Somebody. Megan, did you get anybody? Hey, give Scott a high five. All right, all right, there you go. Or Sabrina. All right, very good. All right, just making sure. <laughs> I got to pick on Megan. She's hilarious and we love her so much. All right, hey, we're going to talk about five different ways the Lord speaks to you. Now, I'm not saying this is an exhaustive, all-inclusive list, but these are five ways that the Lord will speak to you, all right? Let's go number one, through His Word. Number one, through his word. He is going to speak to you through his word. Psalm 119 verse 105. Psalm 119 and verse 105. Who loves Psalm 119? Come on. You got to love it. Longest chapter in the Bible, but man, it is pure fire. I love Psalm 119. And so we're going to look here at verse 105. And you need to know the Lord will guide you. He will lead you. He will speak to you, number one, through his word. All right. So Psalm 119, 105, it says, your word is a lamp 
to my feet and a light to my path. God's word will light up the path ahead of you. If you're like, well, I don't know which way to go, man, hold some word up to it. You know what I mean? And if you're like, oh, I've got two decisions here and I don't know which way to go. Well, which way will align with the word of God? Follow that direction. And listen, I hear people say all the time, man, God doesn't ever speak to me. I hear all these people in church talking about God speaks to them all the time. He never speaks to me. Well, here's something for you. Don't say that God has been silent when your Bible has been shut. He never speaks to me. Listen, he wrote you like a 1500 page letter. Read it. 66 books. It's incredible, man. And don't, you can't ever say, he doesn't ever say anything. He will speak to you. I promise you every day of the year, if you'll open the Bible, there is not a day that goes by that I don't open the Bible and God's word speaks something to me. Amen. And, and so you can't have the audacity to say, well, my father, he never says anything to me. You can't say he's been silent when your Bible's been shut. He speaks every single day. Now, this is a huge way the Lord has led me through my entire life. I can't tell you how many times God has led me right to a verse that either confirmed in my heart what I was already feeling, or it just spelled it out for me, basically, so I could see what he was trying to tell me. And I also, there's been so many times where I've simply just done the basic Christian thing and came to church. And the preacher or somebody else would share a verse And it absolutely gave me the answer that I needed. Do you know how important it is to be in church, man? Listen, don't say that God's been silent. The Bible's been closed. You ain't been coming to church. You haven't been talking to him. And then you got to say, he never talks to me. Well, you never talk to him. You have anybody like that in your life? Like, how come you don't ever come to visit? How come you don't ever do? Well, how come you don't? Right? It's a two-way street, brother. And so when it comes to our relationship with God, yeah, you talk to him and I promise you that he will talk to you. And God's word will also help you balance out things you may be thinking that you're hearing. Because sometimes you're like, I think God's telling me this, but I don't know. Well, anytime you think God's speaking, you balance it out with the word of God. If you think God's telling you something, but it is totally contrary to God's word, then that's not God. He would not tell you something that is in opposition to his written word. Amen. And so you wait anything, all, all the next four things I'm going to talk about, I'm going to continually tell you every time you feel God speaking to you, you run it by his written word. And if it's in line with this, then you're in pretty good shape to know that God is speaking to you. And so number one, the number, you know, one of the first ways that God's going to speak to you, possibly just the absolute number one way is through his word. Number two is through another believer, through another believer. God can use some of his other children to talk to you. Amen. Has that ever happened to you where somebody else said something you're like, man, that's a word from God. Amen. And so we need to get a hold of that. I want to show you something in first Corinthians 14. 
1 Corinthians 14, and we're going to look at verse 3. God has spoken to me through other Christians many, many times. And sometimes it's been people that aren't even really like that spiritual. (laughs) God can use anybody. Hey, in the Old Testament, he literally spoke through a donkey, right? (laughs) He didn't get Balaam's attention. He was just, he wasn't listening to God. So God literally caused the donkey to speak. If God could cause a donkey to speak, he could cause, you know, he could speak through somebody else. You know what I mean? And so, uh, 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 3. Now this is talking about the New Testament gift of prophecy. And I want to show you something here. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3 talking about operating in prophecy. He says, but one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them and comforts them. So what happens, New Testament speaking, when someone prophesies, they strengthen, encourage and comfort. In fact, verse one says we should all desire the gift of prophecy. Now, there's a lot of misconception about the gift of prophecy. I feel like most people, even Christians, think like prophecy is nearly being a fortune teller and, 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 and predicting future events and all this stuff. And no doubt that, that especially Old Testament wise, a lot of that prophecy was predicting and, and, and foretelling the future before it ever even happened. Now, New Testament wise, you've got a massive advantage. You've got the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. And Jesus said in the book of John that the Spirit will even show you and tell you about things to come. And so I've got the Holy Spirit right on the inside of me. I do not have to rely on a prophet to tell me what to do every step of the way. When I first moved to Barstow, I met a man that was uh, had a, a wonderful, pure heart for God. But he was a little bit off in a lot of things scripturally. And, and, and this guy was like, I don't do anything any, first thing I do in the morning is I call my personal prophet up and ask him what I'm supposed to do that day. And his personal prophet was like a 16 year old boy. It was kind of weird. But anyway, and he's like, I call my prophet every day. And I'm like, you got, no, 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 brother. No, no, no. Listen, I don't, if somebody has a word of prophecy for me, hey, if it lines up with the Bible, I'm, I'll receive that. I love it, man. I love this. But I don't need to rely on a prophet to guide me. I don't need to be guided by a prophet. I am guided by the word of God and I've got the Holy Spirit right on the inside of my heart, everybody. Amen. That's really good news today. You've got him right on the inside. And so for the New Testament believer, there is a gift of prophecy and it it strengthens, it encourages, and it comforts. Now, God has used other believers many times uh, to help me see things that I need to see. God has used my pastor, my dad, in my life lots of times to help me hear the voice of God on which direction to take. But I'll tell you this right now. Ultimately, you're responsible for your own life. Who knows that? I mean, wouldn't it just be nice if somebody else, you know, and you could just blame it on them. But in the end, 
We're all responsible for our own lives. We've got to make our own decisions, but God can use wise Christians to help us see and hear things from the spirit that we need to see. Write this verse down. I'm not going there. Proverbs 11:14 says that in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. And the multitude of counselors, does that mean I need to go, you know, sign up for every council? No, it's not talking about that. It's talking about wise Christian people, godly people. If I need to make a decision, it's a great thing to, number one, go to the Bible. But then it's also a great thing to get some godly, wise Christian people to get their input. Now, does that mean going to my unsaved cousin that just, you know, got out of the clink and just beat somebody up? And you know, eh, No, I've got relatives that I would not go to them for counsel or advice. Believe me, okay? And so, just because somebody, you've known them a long time, or you really like them, or maybe you're related to them, that doesn't mean that they've got godly counsel for you. No, listen... Godly advice, godly counsel comes from godly people. You're not going to get godly advice from ungodly people. I don't even think that's very deep, but I'm just going to say it again. You're not going to get godly advice from ungodly people. They don't have it to even give to you. And so if you want direction, if you want to hear the voice of God, absolutely, we're going to go to his word very first. And we can also... Get some godly advice from godly people. Nothing wrong with that. Number three, talking about ways that the Lord will speak to us through a dream or vision. Through a dream or vision. Now, I have to be cautious when I make this point because then some people begin to think that every dream they have is there's a deeper meaning. And that not every dream is God speaking to you, okay? And not everybody gets that. Maybe you just ate too much pizza last night and you had heartburn and then you're like, whoa, wow. Listen, hey, a lot of, I, 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 I've, I've seen some things, okay? <laughs> so sometimes someone goes, man, what do you think God's trying to say? I think he's trying to say, take some Tums and lay off of the jalapenos before bed. But I'm not sure. I'm not a doctor here. Uh, but listen, sometimes you're just having a dream. But then there are times when the Lord is speaking to you. Now, whenever God gives you a dream, I've, I know this much, and this is what Brother Kenneth Hagin always taught us. When God gives you a dream you're going to know the meaning of it. He's not going to give you some spooky, mysterious thing only for you to rack your brain, hit your head against the wall. What does it mean? God's not the author of confusion. He's trying to lead you. If you were trying to give somebody directions, you know, let's say to Del Taco on Mountain View, would you say, okay, uh, it's a place that serves tacos with a whole tomato on the inside. Hold on, hold on. And then, and then, and then you, you got to do that. And, and would you give them, I mean, would you send them to Mountain View Del Taco by way of Baker? No, you would just say, hey, when you're going to get on the 15, you're going to right there, get off on that exit and go, st- that's where it's at. And so, so many people, they'll have some sort of a dream and be like, could this be God? I just don't understand any of this. And could there be something? God is not trying to play games with your head. He's not trying to confuse you and get you running around in circles. If he's speaking to you through a dream, you're going to know that God's speaking to you 
through a dream. Amen. And so it's not some big, spooky, mysterious thing. He wants to speak to you. And so um, I, one of the biggest, you know, examples of, of this is in, in the Old Testament, right? All the way back to the book of Genesis, we've got the first Joseph in the Bible. And God speaks to him through dreams. In fact, he has a gift of dreams. And, 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 and the thing is, he has these big dreams, but nobody else wants to hear it. And so you got to know that sometimes God's going to give you a dream and you're going to think that everybody's going to be excited. They're not. They, they, in fact, they're probably going to be mad that God gave you a big dream because they don't have any big dreams. And so they just want to rain on yours, right? Right? We see this. This happens. But it's okay. You're in really good company because this is what happened to Joseph in the Bible. All right? Way back then. But I want to take you to another great Joseph. There's a lot of good Joes in the Bible. I'll just tell you that right now, man. But uh, another great Joseph is in Matthew chapter 1. Who knows which Joseph I'm talking about? Mary and Joseph, right? Amen, amen. And so he's one of those guys that he's, he's better known by his, by his wife, but it's okay. So Matthew chapter 1, amen. In fact, I feel that way with my wife. Like, hey, that's that's Pastor Dave, husband of Pastor Katie. You know, she, this lady is so wildly popular. We joke about it all the time, but it's just crazy. People love my wife. And they tolerate me. It's wonderful. <laughs> amen. Thank you guys for tolerating me for all these years. I know it has not been easy, uh, but... Yeah, <laughs> Megan's got it. <laughs> Amen, yeah, you know, you, you guys are great. Matthew chapter 1, and we're in the New Testament here, right at the beginning. Matthew chapter 1, and this is Joseph. And what we have here is his fiance has become pregnant. And they have never been intimate together. And so, you know, when he finds out how she's going to be pregnant, I mean, he's got some questions. And I think that's a fair, you know, that's understandable. Uh, he's upset. He's going to totally dump the girl. And an angel, well, let's just, uh, let's just read the Bible. It tells it better than I do. Matthew chapter 1. And we'll uh, pick it up here at verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement Quietly, What a good guy. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people that would just, you know, totally run her name through the mud. But Joseph's not like that. He's a good guy. But look what happens here. Verse 20. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. In a dream. God could have talked to him anyway. God chose to speak to him in a dream. Joseph Son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit and she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. What a powerful moment right there. One of the most powerful and important moments in the Bible is somebody being spoken to by God 
through a dream. And he, thank God he listened. Thank God Joseph listened and he didn't break it off and, 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 and just blow the whole thing up. He listened to God and God as much, you know, God needed Mary a hundred percent, a hundred million percent. Mary had one of the most important roles of anybody in the history of the world. She was responsible for birthing Jesus and raising Jesus. But let's not, you know, just get rid of Joseph here either. He also had a call of God on his life to come in and, and, and really be stepfather, so to speak, to Jesus and raise him and teach him things uh, in this natural world, taught him to carpentry and all sorts of things. And so Joseph had a pretty important role to play right here too. Amen. And so it's important that he listened to what the dream, what the angel was saying in this dream. Now, Dreams happen when you're sleeping. You ever notice that? That dreams happen? Okay. Maybe. I don't know. I took this college psychology class and they, I'm, I mean, huge mistake, but I, I had to take it. So anyway, <laughs> if you like psychology, good for you. I thought I would like it. You know, that's what's weird. I like, man, I was so excited about this class. Boring. And so I took the class and anyway, they went through like the six levels of sleep and you enter into this REM and blah, blah, blah. And I had to write this like stupid paper on it. Anyway, that has nothing to do with the sermon. I don't even know why I brought that up. Do you ever have a flashback from a long time ago and then you're, you just start talking? That's what just happened right here to me. So anyway, um, but dreams are, are when you're actually asleep. But then we have these things called visions. And a vision from God is, you know, it would be like a dream, but you're actually awake. And we see visions all over the Bible too. And we're going to look at one quick one here in Acts chapter 10. In fact, there's Acts chapter 10 is unique because it, it has a couple of visions, a dream and a trance. And so, you know, if you ever fall into a trance, well, that can happen too. But uh, we're, we'll, we'll get to that later. So Acts chapter 10. And we're going to look at verses 3 through 5. So in Acts 10, there was a Roman army officer named Cornelius Cornflake. Actually, it was just Cornelius. But Cornelius, he, he was a God-fearing man, all right? Cornelius was a God-fearing man that was searching to truly know the Lord. And God gives him this vision. And so he, he, he's got the right heart. He's not Jewish. And so no one had taken the time to really share the gospel with him yet. Because up until then, all the Christians were either Jews or had been converted uh, at one point to Judaism. And, and so no one had any interest in telling Cornelius about the gospel. And on top of that... Cornelius was in the Roman army. And so they especially didn't want to talk to a Gentile and especially one that was in the Roman army. They hated the Roman army. And so nobody was going to talk to him about Jesus. And so there's this, uh, he, he, he has this vision, Acts chapter 10. And we're going to look here at verses three through five. One afternoon, about three o'clock, he had a vision, Cornelius, in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, the angel said. Cornelius stared at him in terror. What is it, sir? He asked the angel. And the angel replied, your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. 
Now send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. Who knows who Peter is? And so Peter, man, this guy is a rock. He is one of the founding fathers here of the Christian faith. He's awesome, but he had no interest in telling non-Jewish people about Jesus. And so uh, during this time, uh, Cornelius is in Joppa and the Lord has to get a hold of Peter to tell him, hey, it's okay to tell other people the good news and give them the gospel. And so Peter has some visions and then eventually he falls into a trance. It takes a trance to get his attention to say, tell the Gentiles about Jesus. That's huge. And I, for one, am incredibly grateful that Peter listened and they began preaching the gospel to non-Jewish people because I am not Jewish by birth. Amen? And maybe you are. I'm not. And so it is vitally important. This is a key moment in the Bible where Gentiles finally got the chance to start hearing the gospel about Jesus. This is huge. And so... Peter falls into the trance. He actually listens to the voice of God. It took three times. It literally took three times before he'd actually listen. But Peter ends up going to the house of Cornelius. And Cornelius and a whole bunch of people get saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. And they begin speaking in other tongues. That's verses 45 through 46. You can read that on your own. And then they all get baptized in water too. So this is a huge thing that Peter listened to the voice of God. And it took, uh, it took a dream, a vision, and eventually the man falls into a trance and God speaks to him. And so I'll tell you today, it may not be the number one way, but God does still speak to people through dreams and visions. And he's spoken to me that way on a number of occasions. And I've learned the hard way to listen because a few times I didn't listen. And so God will speak to you that way, but just know that not every single dream that you have is some, something from God trying to, to get some secret message across to you. Let's go to number four. Number four is God can speak this way through the audible voice. Through the audible voice. Now, I would say that this is the least likely way that God will speak to you, but he does speak to some people this way. It is possible. And I would say that this is probably also the most serious way. If God should ever choose to speak to you this way, I would say it would be a very good advice to listen (laughs) to what he's saying. Now, Every single way that we're listing that God will speak to you will always line up with the Bible. I told you this already. And so if you hear the voice of God, literally, and it lines up with Scripture, then, hey, we're on to something here. You need to listen. If you hear the voice of what you think is God, and it is totally contrary to the Bible, hey, hey, this is God. I need you to go out on a 7-Eleven after church, rob it. Rob 7-Eleven, get their cash, and then go on vacation. That's what you need to do. I'm going to tell you right, that's not the voice of God. Why? Thou shalt not steal. Boom, there it is. Problem solved. Listen, it will always line up with the Bible. If it's contrary, then 
It's not God. Amen. God's not schizo. He's not going to write one thing. Here's what I want you to do. And then tell you something else. He's not like that. It'll always line up with scripture. But just know this much that it is possible for God to speak to us this way. Now, typically when God speaks to somebody through the audible voice, it's because he's tried the other gentle approaches and we didn't listen. Parents, let me ask you this. Do you prefer to tell your children something at volume level one? Hey, go pick up your room, huh? What do you say, champ? Go pick up your room. And I love that. And, and I love that when they do that, uh, it can happen. It happened this morning. I, I got up. I was going to come out to the church at about 530 this morning and pray. And, and I go out and in my driveway, I want to believe that it was a wild animal, but I live in the middle of town, so I don't know. But, uh, but, but my trash was spread out all over my driveway. I was, uh, that wasn't the, how I wanted to start my day, but it's okay. And so I, I think it was an animal, but I was like, Hey boys, listen, uh, can you go out there and handle that? The boys went and did it volume level one. Amen. And so that's good. That's my preferred method, but there are times when I got to turn it up to 10 and then number 11 and say, I told you to go pick up the trash. And, and listen, when some, you know, when you reach that level, some, geez, what's his problem? Well, it didn't start there. I told you, maybe I wrote you a note. I sent a text message. I sent your little brother. I tried a whole bunch of ways the nice way, but you wouldn't listen. And so we went there, didn't we? Amen. Wow. Where'd that come from? Jeez. <laughs> Are you, are you, are you parents? Yeah, have you been there? Amen. I'm not the only one. And so listen, usually even in scripture, I'll show you here, but a lot of times when you hear the voice of God audibly, it's, I mean, he probably tried, uh, through the word. He probably tried another Christian saying something. He probably tried to get you through a sermon. Maybe you skipped that day to play PlayStation. I don't know. Maybe he tried something else and whatever, but you just wouldn't listen. So he's like, all right, tough guy, listen up. We're going to talk. And when it gets to that level, my best advice is listen. Okay. Uh, amen. Listen. And so let's look here in Acts chapter nine. You're already in chapter 10. Just, I mean, just flip back a page. Let's go. And so Acts chapter nine, uh, we've got a guy here named Saul of Tarsus. Anyone heard of good old Saul? Amen. Now Saul thought he was doing the work of God by, uh, basically murdering Christians because he was, he was a, a Jewish man and, uh, he was, he was hardcore. He thought this whole new Christian religion, this whole new Christian faith was an absolute, you know, cult, a false religion, and he had to get it annihilated. And so he was a powerful man. He was sending people to, to round up Christians and throw them into prison. And in fact, when Stephen, uh, the man of God, uh, was murdered, they threw stones at him, right? The first Christian martyr, they're throwing stones at him. And Paul, uh, he didn't throw one of those rocks. He just stood there holding their coats and being like, good throw. Amen. Wow. Amen. And so he, he was all about it. So no doubt 
that Saul, he thought he was doing the work of God, but he was actually fighting against God. And I'll bet that there were some ways the Lord tried to get, get a hold of him, but he simply wouldn't listen. And so here we have Acts chapter 9. And we'll look here at verses 3 through 5. He was on his way to Damascus to go round up a new group of Christians. So Acts chapter 9, verse 3. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Whoa. Now, Paul is a strong-willed, tough, hard-minded man. But I'll tell you right now, this was the turning point. And, and you can read the whole story. I'm not going to read all that today. But he is, he's got these, what's like scales over his eye. He's blind. And this was just the turning point for him. And as he goes on, amen, he receives Jesus. He quits the persecution. He listened to the voice that of Jesus in this moment. And he did a 180. In fact, he becomes a Christian, the people he used to hate, right? And and now he's one of us. And then he wants to go and, and he starts trying to go to, to church or to the temple. And people are like, wait a minute. This is a setup. We know what you're doing. Nobody trusted him. Nobody wanted to be around him because they knew what he used to do. Nobody believed it. Is there anybody in here, man, before you were saved, maybe you partied a little hard for the devil. And then you get saved and people are like... I'm, no, I'm sorry. I, I, I can't believe it. I'm not buying it. I, I, I don't believe it. And, and they find out you're going to church and they're like, no, 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 no. But hey, it's the truth. Amen. And so Saul really did turn it around and he eventually changes his name to Paul, right? And, and he becomes one of the absolute most incredible men of God to ever walk the face of the earth. And so in this moment, a lot of times when the father has to yell, you may be in trouble by that point. And Saul was in trouble, but thank God he listened and he turned things around. Amen. And then number five, who's ready for number five? Amen. Here it goes. Number five. This is one of the top ways as a New Testament born again Christian that he will speak to you. I would say the first is through the word, but here we go. Number five, through the still small voice. Through what the, what the, what the Bible calls the still small voice. This, the Lord wants to speak to you through this way. Now in 1 Kings 17, we can start flipping over there. 1 Kings 17, Elijah, the prophet, is on the run and hiding from the wicked queen Jezebel. Anyone heard of Jezebel? She's a bad girl. She is bad. So she's out trying to kill the prophet, all the prophets. And Elijah, he, he goes out to the wilderness alone. He falls into this depression. I mean, this guy's seen miracles from God and all sorts of stuff. When he, and Jezebel's like, oh, we're going to track every one of you down and we ain't going to quit until you're all dead. 
And I mean, this just scares the willies out of Elijah. And so he runs into the wilderness to hide. And he is so scared, so depressed. He tells God, I just want to die. I don't even want to live anymore. Just take me now, God. And I mean, we've maybe been in that spot before too, where we're like, you know what? I just, I don't even want to live anymore. And that's where Elijah was at this moment. He needed to hear from God. And so we're in first Kings. Uh, let's look at 19 first Kings chapter 19. First Kings chapter 19, and we're going to look at verses 11 through 12 in the New King James. First Kings 19, 11 through 12. This is a huge verse, uh, but, but it's got something important for us. So Elijah is expecting to hear from God, and he's expecting when he hears from God, he's going to see some fireworks. He's going to see, you know, he's going to really see something. But let's look at this. First Kings 19, look at verse 11. Then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a still, small voice. And this was how God was speaking to Elijah that day. And then the NLT says that it was a gentle whisper. This is so important for us to get. This is so important for us to understand. The main, I mean, the biggest way God will speak to you is through his word. But you need to know that, that right here behind it is through this still, small voice. The gentle whisper of God. The gentle whisper of the Holy Spirit to your heart. Now, the more you are sensitive to listening to God, the easier it is to hear him. Have you ever noticed that when you just learn to ignore something... It can be taking place. Maybe you've learned to ignore your kids fighting. You've learned to ignore, you know, loud noise, whatever it is that, you know, you just, you're, you're, you, when you begin to ignore something, it can be taking place over here and you're just over here, like not even listening. Well, listen to me. There's plenty of people. The Lord whispers and gently nudges your heart every day. You are so used to ignoring God and just, you know, nah, I, I, what, I don't feel like that. Whatever it is, you're so used to ignoring him that now you don't even really hear his voice. But I'll tell you this, the more that you do listen to that voice, it's very easy to know when God's speaking to you. Extremely easy to know when God's speaking to you. You know, they've done so many studies about how there could be a room full of crying babies and, and a mom can pick her baby out of that whole group of kids, right? Because she's listening for her baby. She cares about her baby and, and she wants to know when her baby is in need. She is so used to listening for her baby that, that she can just pick it out of the whole group. But it can be that way with God. When you are so used to listening to God, when, when he's nudging you on the inside and you listen, it gets easier and easier to know the leading of 
the Holy Spirit in your life. Now, now some people would, uh, the, the world would call it your conscience, right? And, and you just, you just know on the inside of you, you, you just know. And, and it's, it's hard to sometimes put this into words, but when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, let me tell you, you may not hear it with these ears, but Jesus said, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. He wasn't talking about the flaps on the side of your skull here. He was talking about your spiritual ears on the inside. And so sometimes you're like, well, how do you know that God's telling you to do that? I just, I just know on the inside. I, I just, I just know. Have you ever had that sense, that leading, that, that sense on the inside? And someone would say, well, how, how do you, how do you know? Listen, I, I may not be able to put it fully into words, but I know the still small voice of the spirit, the, the gentle whisper of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit tries to talk to you, we, we, we put it this way. He's a gentleman. He's not coming in. And, and, and if you feel forced and pushed and you will do this and, and you feel just being forced into something, he's not forcing you. He's not going to push you. He's not going to knock you out and, and drag, you know, like Mr. T on the A-team. They're going to knock you out and drag you onto the plane just to get you to go do what you're supposed to do. He's not like that. No. The best way is that you know the Word of God, and then the Holy Spirit can say, hey, I, I, I want to tell you this. And on the inside, you're like, okay, I, I get it. Or whenever I'm making a decision, I rely on the Holy Spirit. What do I do? If I've got two choices in front of me, I say, hey, Holy Spirit, Lord, Jesus, hey, hey, which way do I go? Do I go left? And then I'll pray about it. And if on the inside I just feel very uncomfortable, then I say, okay, Lord, do I go right? And I pray about it. And if on the inside I feel peaceful, then I say, okay, that's it. I'm going, I'm going this way. And, and, and if on paper it's like, yeah, but if I go left, that's like a whole bunch of money and a whole bunch of this and a whole bunch of that. And I'm like, okay, it, it may be, but that doesn't matter. I don't feel peace on the inside. I don't feel the Holy Spirit's leading that way. And so you got to get to this place where you can hear the still small voice. What are we talking about? Being spiritually grown up. Mature Christians, they know how to hear the voice of God. And on top of that, they listen and they obey the voice of God. And so you got to get used to, and you've got to get good at listening to the still small voice, the gentle whisper of the Holy Spirit to your heart. And the more that you get this, the more that you do this, I promise you, the easier it gets, and you will make a whole lot more right choices. Amen. The shepherd knows the sheep. He calls them by name. They know his voice. They, they won't follow the voice of a stranger. They'll follow the voice of their shepherd. And what does he do? He leads us, Psalm 23, to green grass and still waters. He restores our soul. Amen. And, and, and he can even lead us right through the valley of the shadow of death. But I, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me right in the presence of my enemies. Amen. And check it out. He closes out Psalm 23 with verse 6. And it says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. And so who knows today, 
that the spirit, that the shepherd is speaking to us. Amen. We've seen five ways today. They will all always line up with his written word. But if we would learn to follow him in this way, watch what it can do. He can lead you to the top in every area of your life. Amen. All right, let's go ahead and close it down right there. We're going to go ahead and ask you to stand up with us today. Praise God. Has anybody learned anything from him? The voice of God. Hold on, hold on. No, no, it wasn't. That was a joke. That was a joke. Amen. Amen. So as we close things out today, we want to make prayer available to anybody that, uh, that, that is here that needs prayer. Uh, but also the biggest thing is this. If you're here and you've never received Jesus as your Savior, if, if you've never become one of his sheep, how are you going to follow the good shepherd if you aren't even one of his sheep? Listen, there's no more important thing that we could ever do than to receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And so maybe you're here today and you've just never actually done that. You're like, well, I've heard about God my whole life. Well, good for you. A lot of people have. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you're a Christian. In fact, uh, the Bible tells us that even the, the demons, okay, uh, they know some scripture, but they don't, they don't believe it. And so listen, what's important today is this, is that whether you've never had a relationship with Jesus or maybe you did at, at one point, but you walked away. Well, today is the day for you to come back to him. In fact, Jesus said, hey, the good shepherd, he would leave the 99 to chase down that one. That's how valuable each one of us is to him. Well, maybe today he's been chasing you and he chased you right into this church right here. And now he's got you cornered. (laughs) But listen, you don't have to listen. You don't have to receive him. We know that he won't force himself upon you, but he's been chasing you down. And he wants you to receive him today. I want to lead us in a prayer together. And if we will pray this and we will actually mean it and believe it, Jesus will come into our life. And Revelation 3 says, hey, I'm standing at the door knocking. If you'll open up, I'll come on in. He wants into your life. He's knocking, but you got to open up to him. You got to open up and say, Jesus, come on in. I want to pray a prayer with us today. And if you'll pray this today, could be your day to absolutely become one of his sheep and have the peace of God. Let's pray this together. Can you say, Father, in Jesus' name, I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died, that he rose again. Jesus, forgive me for anything wrong I've done. I promise to live for you. My life is yours. Give me the strength. I'm coming home today. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give the Lord some praise today? 
If you're here and you prayed that prayer, or maybe even you prayed it online, that's great. Uh, the good news is, is that Jesus is in your life right now. Uh, but also, it's important that we acknowledge him. And so what we're going to do is I'm going to have my brother Jose come right over here. And if, if you're here and you prayed that prayer and today was your day, I want you to come see Jose while we're praying for these other people in just a minute. And he'll get your information. And what we do is we've got a program called Spiritual Personal Trainer. For the next 30 days, we will hook you up with another Christian believer here from church. They'll pray with you. They'll text you uh, uh, these Bible verses and a devotion that I wrote a while back. And, and they'll be there for you to help you get on the right track in your faith journey. Or maybe you're here and, and, and you know, you've been following the Lord, but you've just been a little bit weak and you just need a little extra hand right now. We've also got uh, some additional resources in our SBT program for that. And, uh, and we could hook you up with that as well. So if that's you, I want you to see Jose while we're praying for people. Uh, I'm going to have Pastor Josh lead us in some worship here. Can I have my prayer team come forward this morning? If you're here and you need prayer for anything at all, uh, maybe you're here and you've had some family stuff going on, some family drama, or, or maybe uh, some health things, or whatever it is your your case may be, we want to pray with you today and be in agreement for the Lord to work on your behalf and work in your life. And so if you need prayer, come on up. Pastor Josh is going to lead us in worship. If you don't need prayer, good for you. Pray for those that do. Amen. All right, let's take a minute. I love your voice And you have led me through the fire In darkest nights And you are close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend I have lived and the goodness of God All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God. I love your voice. You have led me through the fire in darkest nights. You are close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend I have lived in the goodness of God All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good with every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. 
Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God Your goodness is running after, it's running after me your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good 
with every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. I will sing of the goodness of God. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. a little bit of ministry going on here we'll be reverent for this for another minute can you release your faith this way and stretch your hands this way for those getting prayed over hallelujah we're a family you know you got frontline up here praying for people but we got the family that has their back right now too and that's a that's a big part of what we do around here we surround those that need prayer amen thank you jesus can you just lead us in singing one more time, Pastor Josh? All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing. Of the goodness of God All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid now, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, who's glad they came to church today? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we'll wind things down here. We appreciate everybody so much. 
uh, tonight, uh, service six o'clock. My dad, pastor is going to be preaching on how to protect yourself from backsliding, how to protect yourself from backsliding. Amen. And, uh, and so that's going to be a powerful word. And so be here six o'clock tonight. It's going to be incredible service on Wednesday night is going to be absolutely great. And so we want to see everybody here. And again, I remind you that pastor Katie and I and pastor Josh and Julie be out in the woods for a few days there. So you probably won't be able to reach us, but, uh, but you know, Hey, we appreciate you allowing us a little time to go do that for a minute. Amen. If you need something, you you know, you can message the church Facebook page or whatnot or send an email and we will make sure that somebody is there for you. We've got a whole elder team and everything else. And uh, and so we'll get you taken care of. Amen. All right, let's go ahead and we will close out in prayer and then we will speak the Barstow Faith Confession. Uh, there's nachos right outside that door. Amen. Cletus was just eating some. He said they're really good. Amen. All right. And so the, the, the nacho that's for Harvest Fest we're raising, we're already starting our fundraiser for Harvest Fest. So uh, if on your way out the door, we got you, man. You can just grab, grab some nachos. And I don't know what the price is, but I'm sure it's great. So go ahead and do that. And we're going to start raising for Harvest Fest. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. Let's raise our hands together today. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. You are so good to us. You are the good shepherd. And Lord, I know that your desire is to lead us to this place of green grass and still waters. And that means a place of peace, Lord, a a place of joy, a a, a place of rest. That is what you want for us. And Lord, I pray in Jesus name that as we have listened to the word of God today, you spoke today, Lord. Some people were listening and Lord, perhaps some people were in the exact same service, but they didn't listen. And Lord, I just pray that, that, that you would again get our attention in Jesus' name. And we thank you that you lead us, you guide us every single day. And we're going to listen to your voice. We're going to listen to you and be to that place of the green grass. Lord, use us this week to be the light of the world everywhere we go. Let us show the love of Jesus because we know you're coming back really, really soon. And we want everybody to be ready for it. Jesus, we love you so much. We could never thank you enough, but we want to give you thanks and praise today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. Give him some praise today. All right, let's speak some faith over Barstow. Amen. I thought about adding a brand new sentence to it, and it's going to say, Barstow is cool. Amen. I don't know. Talk about the weather, the weather, the weather. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. But anyway, whatever. Let's just, let's do this before I get dumb. All right, here we go. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everybody. Have a